This is Science Friday. I'm Ira Flato, and now it's time to check in on the state of science. This is KERA St. Louis Public Radio, Iowa Public Radio News. Local science stories of national significance. Last month, crowds gathered in southeast Texas to watch SpaceX launch a new rocket from its Boca Chica launch pad on the coast of the Gulf of Mexico. It was a test flight of the largest and most powerful rocket ever built, about 400 feet tall. And it was to be its first orbital launch attempt. But as often happens in the rocket business, things did not go as planned. The uncrewed rocket exploded shortly after launch, a very common occurrence in the history of rocket science. The environmental impact of rocket explosions, though, has not always been front and center, but this one has been reported by my next guest, Gage Davila, reporter for Texas Public Radio based in Port Isabel, Texas. Welcome to Science Friday. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Now, you live near where the rocket exploded, right? Did the explosion impact the area? What does it look like right now? Well, here in Port Isabel, immediately after the launch, there was a plume cloud that made its way to the city and a little north of it that clouded the area in dust that was made of sand, soil, and pulverized concrete. But we've had some storms here in the last couple of weeks, so most of it has washed away. I've kept some of it, and I'm looking to get it tested. Um, And in terms of Boca Chica Beach, there was concrete all over the launch pad spread about a mile around in all directions and some of that concrete and pieces of the launch tower which were metal of course were found in sensitive algal mud flats where shorebirds feed and those flats can take up to a decade to heal that's what i wanted to ask you next Uh, tell us about this protected ecosystem there So SpaceX's facility is essentially surrounded by mud flats of varying degrees of sensitivity. Some of them are just mud, some of them are just sand, but others have a thin layer of algae and biofilm on top of them. And they're extremely sensitive to the degree that in previous launches that SpaceX has had, whenever debris had landed on these these layers of algae, Um, the marks are still there all these years later because it takes so long for them to heal. And shorebirds eat off of these um, pieces of biofilm along with crabs and other vertebrate of that nature. Um, And of course, it's a area where migratory shorebirds uh, come in and rest as they make their way towards Mexico and Central America. Hmm. Are there any environmental regulations that SpaceX or anybody would have to follow? The FAA, which is the Federal Aviation Administration, requires SpaceX to do 75 mitigating actions to lessen the impacts of Starship's launches. Some of these include protecting water sources, watching noise and lighting levels, uh, beach cleanups quarterly, um, you know, no beach closures on holiday, etc. Um, and they were required to do these as part of SpaceX's launch license. Mm-hmm. Did it fail to follow these regulations? Well, I think SpaceX underestimated how this launch would turn out in terms of the launch pad being destroyed and how much damage there was. So I don't know if it's really a question of them following the mitigations, but more on how SpaceX had the chance to build better launch infrastructure that could have prevented the damage, but chose not to. I spoke to an environmental compliance specialist named Eric Resch, who also questions SpaceX's operation. It sure seemed like the decision to not do these very basic channels or flame protection or systems that you see everywhere else was was a matter of convenience. Hmm. What is SpaceX's reaction to all of this? 
So recently, Elon Musk said that the launch didn't cause any, quote, meaningful damage to the area. Maybe it's not meaningful to him, but it does matter to the people who live here and those who study in the environment here. It's also just not true. Each launch compounds the damage inflicted from the last. Uh, Justin LeClaire, who is a conservation biologist with the Coastal Bend Bays and Estuaries Program, explained it this way. If these major disturbances, in addition to actual damage to the habitat, just happen consistently every month, every week, birds and other, other wildlife are not likely to use that habitat. Earlier this week, environmental groups sued the FAA over SpaceX's launch license. What are the details there? What's going on? So the groups involved in the lawsuit are essentially saying that the FAA has let SpaceX environmentally regulate itself. And this is because the FAA had initially planned a more thorough environmental analysis that would have taken years to complete, but instead deferred to SpaceX on what process it wanted to go through. SpaceX, of course, chose the process that took the least amount of time. So the claim is that the FAA, through political pressure from SpaceX, moved along the process without a true look at the environmental impact the launches would have had on the area. Well, could we see a large or, or a long delay then in, the, in any next test flight? Possibly because the FAA has launched an investigation into the launch, which could take a few months to complete. But locally, I, I don't think so. Because local leadership has been noticeably quiet. They have taken a step back from their usual voicing of support for SpaceX in the last couple months. And with this launch going the way that it has, I don't think it's a coincidence that we haven't seen them respond to it. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, the federal government can always overrule any kind of FAA decision as part of national security because they, they need SpaceX to get to the moon. Right. That's a big um, question in this is the fact that they are expecting SpaceX to do something within, uh, I believe it's 2025, um, in order to get closer to those uh, human-oriented moon missions. But the way that it's going now, they seem to be just going through roadblock after roadblock um, because of the missteps that they take. Well, Gage, thank you for reporting for us. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Gage Davila, reporter for Texas Public Radio, based in Port Isabel, Texas.